Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. I am one half of your Wired to Change business coaches. Trinity is still on assignment, as we say in the radio world, which basically means she's rednecking it with her friends up in Michigan. Her and Scott have their Jeep, and they're just uh, doing all kinds of things in Jeeps. But anyways, we are your business coaches. We are here to help you grow your business to the level you want it to be and help you enjoy the life of a small business owner. And, you know, each week we bring you some cool small business owners with some good stories, always dropping nuggets. And our guest today is Sarah Clark Elliott. Sarah, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. This is the first one we've taped on Zoom. Normally we're in the studio, but today we're on Zoom. And uh, Sarah was nice enough to join on Zoom today, and she has a sleeping dog with her. So just all the comforts of home, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. How long will the dog be sleeping? Sorry? How long will the dog be sleeping? All day if I let her. <laughs> Too funny. So here's Sarah's uh, bio, which is a pretty cool and another reason why we knew she'd make a wonderful guest. She is vice president of operations for Rockstar Event, which her and her husband, Stephen, started. We'll get to that. She is also client relationship manager at Stephen David Elliott Group, which is her husband. We will get to that. She is support manager for North Hills Networking. We'll get to that. Uh, when you meet people, how do you explain what you do? That's a good question. I initially probably start, it really depends on who it is. So... If I meet somebody at an event, at one of our events, my first introduction is that I am head of operations for Rockstar Connect, which means that I created all the systems that make the process work so that we can book events, have events, promote events, invite everybody to them over and over and over again, and have the data and analytics to know where we need to pivot and what we need to change going forward. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's the short version. Um, if it's usually that's most people who I meet who are new are networking. So in networking brings up many emotions in people, doesn't it? It does. There it does. are people like me and a lot of people who are on the rock star events that a couple have been on the show. Scott, uh, Rudder and Dirk Miracle have been on the show. Uh, Clint Webb has been on the show, and so those are our classic networkers, not a problem. There are people, e even people who like to talk sometimes, struggle walking into a room where they don't know anybody. Right. And then some people that are introverts or they're extrovert, introvert, or whatever they want to do that, just hate it. But you got to do it because otherwise, if you don't get your name out there, you're going to be forgotten quickly, aren't you? Yes. It's the same, I think, with anything, especially if, if anybody has tried network marketing, which is not what we do. But if you've ever tried to do something like that, you very quickly run through your friends and your acquaintances and you have to meet new people, right? It's the same thing with any business. Once you have, once everybody who you know has either tried your service or can't use your service, you have to meet new people. There's just no choice about it. And the best way to get your name out there is actually, you know, what the politicians do, shaking hands, kissing babies, all that fun stuff. And I've been telling people, I'm also a consulting director for BNI, which is Business Networking International. I've been preaching to my chapters. I have four that I'm a CD for. 
and I've been preaching to them that networking will never get easier than it is today. That's true. Cause you could do you. Well, I've been in this chair since seven 30 this morning and it's now almost three o'clock Eastern. And I know you've been in one or two chairs all day long and covered a lot of ground. And I, I beg them just to log on to an event and I still get 50, 50, but it, it couldn't be easier for us to network today. Could it? No, I don't think so. And it's, it's surprising actually the, the acceptance rate that we've had, uh, especially with virtual networking, it seems to me like that is, it's much easier to put on a shirt and sit in front of your computer than it is to get fully dressed, put your face on, get in your car, go to an event, find parking, blah, 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 blah. But I, I, I hear both sides of it. I know that it's easier to join but I think it does take more effort on the part of the individual to actually get positive results from it. In that you are disconnected from somebody because you're across the internet from them and you, it's harder to make a real connection. I mean, you just have to more, put more effort into it, so. I came into COVID-19 from a technology standpoint, kicking and screaming, because like most people, I got to be around people and feed off their energy. I've been, Zoom has far exceeded my expectations. I get about 90% of what I need to get, which I was not prepared for. So I'm, I'm okay doing this. I look forward to seeing everybody one day, but this really hasn't been that bad. And I've found that I've been in way more meetings than I normally do. Me too. Me too. And I like it. I think it's a great platform. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we live in the age of technology where this is possible. Because can you imagine trying to run a business in 1918 in the first, you know, the last, you know, Spanish flu and all of that? I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. You write a letter, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, we hope to see you in three Wednesdays from today. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've also decided for me, as we move forward and whatever we get released to do whatever we're allowed to do, whenever we are, is when I meet somebody for the first time that I don't know at all, I'm likely going to do a zoom one-to-one. Then if it, if the, if the conversation progresses and there's a real match, then the next one would be face-to-face instead of me driving 25 minutes to sit down and have a cup of coffee that, you know, cause not everybody's a fit. So that's where I've learned it. I, again, I still feel like I can be more productive doing it that way. I think so. I use Zoom a lot and we use, you know, Google Meetings a lot too. I mean, it's really just fantastic technology, even to be able to connect, I mean, to your neighbor or to if you have anybody who's working for you halfway around the world. It, you know, it blows my mind that we can instantly connect halfway around the world and see each other face to face. Yeah, my wife's side of the family, every Friday, about six o'clock, we get on Zoom. There's probably anywhere from nine to 15 people, depending on, you know, which of the grandkids are available. Um, or, well, the, the cousins, let me say. Uh, and we're on there for two to three hours, so it's great. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of fun. We catch up with each other. It's hard because you get into a family and everybody's sitting around the kitchen table. Everybody's talking over each other and you laugh and on zoom, it just doesn't go over as funny because you really can't hear anything. Right. <laughs> but, right. You, but you guys do, I think Stephen brought this up a week or two ago that you guys do some business overseas. 
We do. Yeah, it, we have um, half of my staff is actually based in the Philippines and they're fantastic individuals. So we really value them a lot and I rely on them for, I mean, they are my legs. What do they do for, this is Rockstar Connect? Correct. Yeah. What do they do? Um, they do everything from um, setting calendar appointments to reading through emails to setting events through social media to contacting venues to reaching out through text to my hosts and everybody's aware of it. I mean, they know that it's not just me and, you know, all my customers are aware. It's not just me and Steven. It's, it's, we've got a crew and they're, some of them are here and some of them are there. So, so I got an invite to be on the panel next Tuesday. Yes. So the email I got was coming from the Philippines. Correct. Probably. I forget the lady's name, but she was very Jackie. nice. Yes. Yep. Yeah, very nice. Jackie yep. with a Y. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So she is very nice. What kind of success stories and aha moments are you hearing from people doing virtual networking that may, they either never did before or didn't think it'd be this good? So they are, the success stories are incredible. People are telling us that one, when we do a broadcast, the, the folks who are participating in our three martini lunch are getting people access to folks who they would have never been able to contact before because those are broadcast across the country and in all of our groups. And we've got a, a whole bunch of Facebook groups, you know, in different locations across the country. Um, as far as the evening meetings, People are, one, they can share their exact contact information without having to physically be next to anybody, um, which is, you know, usually exchanging business cards when you're standing face to face. So they can put in, you know, their phone number, their email, whatever, share it with an individual, share it with the, you know, whomever, somebody, nobody. We're getting very positive responses from attendees saying, wow, I never would have met that person or I might've given them the brush off in person. But having seen that, you know, having had to pay attention to what they were saying on Zoom because it's one at a time, now I actually am gonna go do business with that person. Yay. Yep, I love the breakout rooms and I feel for, for you and Steven and people that do big events because after a certain number of heads, there's only so much you can do. Yes. And I feel for you guys on that. <laughs> we found, you know, the first couple of episodes that we did were, um, and I think it's the same with anybody who does a broadcast or anybody who does, who starts something, you know, the first couple are a little rough because you don't know what you need to do. And then we realized, oh, this really needs a structure. Like it really needs an agenda of what we're going to do first, second, third, the order that we're going to go in. Here's my checklist. Um, which with, I think with, with a less practiced host than you or Steven would sound very forced, but he's been on the radio and you're a fantastic presenter. So when you have a structure, it's really runs much smoother than having everybody just talk over each other or, you know, it, it, again, it's just, and you know, this, we're going to talk about this a little bit later as far as customer service goes, it's just managing their expectations. Hey folks, here's what's going to go on today. Blah, at this time, this, this, this. So everybody at least knows what's going on. And I like that. Now for folks that have never been on three martini lunch, that's 2 PM Eastern Correct. every Tuesday, every Tuesday, two yep. to four, every Tuesday, 2 PM Eastern. Let's get that straight for everybody. It is one of the bigger events going on. We see Steven and Dominic and Scott and everybody, but 
you just not getting you are everybody who's involved in it knows but i just don't think you get enough love for all the stuff you have going on because <laughs> i know steven when he doesn't know stuff he's like my producer's in my ear i'll just talk to her real quick and he'll do this you know off camera like sarah you know and ask a question so uh you're quite busy behind the scenes aren't you i am i am i so in the three martini lunch in particular i am in the chat and i have fast fingers so i'm able to look things up really quickly and i've recently started doing view switching on zoom which is fun so it switches from the panel from the full panel to the individual speaker when somebody starts talking so that's pretty fun um that's a skill it's wild um and it's a lot to pay attention to so there's a lot of copying and pasting of pre-scripted mm things that go into the chat because I've learned know, that too. <laughs> you don't need to type the same thing over and over and over again. It, and it's going to be the same every meeting really of, you know, this is a webinar. Um, so you're not going to be on camera initially, you know, if you're an attendee, which you have to say every single time. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. just letting everybody know, because the first time That's I got under, I'd, I'd heard about it from either Scott or Nikki Crow, I forget, one of them told me about it, said, you got to check it out. And the first time I jumped on, it's like, holy cow, it's just like a wall of people. But yeah. then once you understand the cadence of everything, you're like, oh, okay, it makes perfect sense. Then you start looking forward to things because you know what you're going to see. And like you said earlier, I love it when new faces are on. Me too. Me too. It makes it very interesting. And we you know, the purpose of that is really to get positive business information out into the community because we feel like there's a lot of negativity out there. I mean, turn on any TV, on any broadcast station, yes. and all you're hit with is doom and gloom and the worst of the worst. And here it comes and you're just like, take me outside. Just turn it off and save me. I mean, it's just crazy. So we only share positivity and how we're going to work together and move forward and what our next steps are and strategies for success because there's enough of all the other stuff out there that we've just got to be nice and positive and you know share the goodness and when trinity and i work with clients and when we're talking about sales and marketing and, and networking is just automatically in there for us because we do that and then if they're not familiar with it, we explain to them why it's part of that plan. And then, you know, it takes about a minute or two of us explaining it. Then you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Right. You, and we tell them go every networking event you go to expect no sales whatsoever because the odds of selling anything are slim and none. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that if I walk out of any type of rock star event with two names and numbers to set up one-to-ones, I've had a good night. Because yes. that's where the money is, is setting up the meeting. That's when you actually start talking stuff, not usually at an event. Are you going to get anywhere? Right. You know, when you, if you try to sell somebody the first time you meet them, one, it comes off as disingenuous because you're, the message that you're putting out is I only care about the money. I don't really care to meet you. I want, I want the cash. And most of the time you're not going to get a positive response on that. But so you have to be genuine. Not only do you have to, when you meet somebody really intend to, or, you know, ask them to meet and have a conversation, all of that, but you have to mean it and you have to be listening and responding in the, the correct way so that you don't seem hungry. Even the third or fourth time you meet them. I mean, it My has to come from a place of service. 
my favorite is the guy with the business card in his left hand and his right hand is extended like he, he's faking that he's happy to meet you yes. when in, in fact he would rather just hand you his card than shake your hand and say hi it's like dude we're not we're, i'm gonna say hi but i'm moving on quick my favorites or maybe least favorites i don't know are the ones who come in with a clipboard oh like why are you coming into an event with a clipboard that you're gonna like take down names and numbers to hound people later. Like we often actually call those folks out and, and say, please don't like go put the clipboard in your car and come back in without that. Cause wow. that's not what this is about. Yeah. So with cell phones to write notes down, a sheet of paper you could put in your pocket, they're walking in with a clipboard. With a clipboard. Yeah, like a sign up sheet. <laughs> Oh, please. And if I hope everybody to else, what... I'd say, look, you can pay me $1,000 and I'll let you have a clipboard here. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even about that. It's not about the money. It's that it's the not the right tone for the event. It's, a, it's not that kind of event. This is an event where we are fostering relationships and allowing the people who are of a like mind of sharing and helping to come together to be able to benefit from each other at the facility at the behest actually of the host who is the one there facilitating the event has you know their group surrounding them it starts from their network and it builds around each host so if you go to a rockstar connect event make sure you meet the host because they're the ones who are there doing it for you i mean and they want to build just, up their communities yeah we just beg people to actually a take a wingman mm -hmm. uh, but b lower their expectations when they get there but also know we just we've been preaching them that people buy people right. yeah your logo's cool i've heard of your company name but i'm my banker is my banker because of her sheree brown is my banker she can work any bank she wants doesn't matter to me but you know so people buy people and it takes a while to get people new into the business world to understand that Yes. And then once you start going down there, so tell me about your last five clients. How'd you meet them? Oh, I've known Billy for three years. Or I've known, oh yeah, well, my kid goes to school with Susie and Tommy's daughter. I've known them for, gosh, they're in ninth grade now. So I think they've known each other since third grade. And you just go, okay, stop right there. Did you just hear what you said to me? But yeah, you're right. You, you got to develop the relationships because it's no like and trust. It is. Absolutely. No like and trust. And if you do, if you know somebody and you trust them and you don't like them, you might still do business with them, but you have to have the trust part and you should have the like part. And I'm not doing business with anybody. I don't know. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Unless I'm wearing something online and then it's all bets are off, but. All right. So you went to college to two schools. I have connections to. You do you uh, both connections to East Carolina and UNC Greensboro. Oh yeah. I got to run down here. Yeah. I'll tell you my right. one's one's a, yeah, they're both dotted lines, but they're connections to both. So I grew, I graduated high school here in Raleigh and I usually tell people that long before your parents had met, it was 1979. So it's been a while. And had I not gotten into Tennessee, I would have gone to UNCG to try to walk on their tennis team, but Tennessee for a wonder another took me and I thought, you know, time to get out of state. Yeah. And, and my brother went to ECU. He's still a season ticket holder. And I'll go usually about one game a year, a football game, I'll go and watch. Where I learned to love your kind at ECU 
was back in 1975, I started selling drinks at NC State football games. So there'd be a bunch of us 13 and 14 year olds with two crates of soft drinks just going up and down the aisles, right? Mm-hmm. And ECU would always have to come to state, come to state to play every year. Their state at that time was not going to Greenville. And your, your brethren would drink a lot and they would want a lot of drinks for mixers and they would tip well. And I thought, I've, I've loved your fan base from that day on. <laughs> so that, you know, I don't know if uh, your audience, you know, we're, Greenville is in pretty much the middle of nowhere. There is nothing much around there. And um, I think East Carolina is a fantastic school. Yes. I loved being there. But I knew that if I did not get out of the middle of nowhere, I would not finish school. There is just too much. There's too little to do that's constructive and too much to do that's destructive that I would not have finished. (laughs) I I think I can honestly say this is I don't believe I've met anybody that went to ECU that did not have a good time there. Oh, I had a great time. That's why I had to go. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to change schools. I was having too much fun. So did UNCG, fit, which is UNC Greensboro, if you're not familiar with this area. So did UNCG fit the bill for what you needed done? Yeah, I was still having okay. fun in Greensboro too, but <laughs> I did finish. Um, and I, you know, I finished actually in four years, which was amazing given my track record at that point. So a couple sessions of summer school, you yeah. know, a couple grade replacements, finished in four years. Yay! <laughs> The conversation with your yourself or you and your parents about the switch was probably interesting, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, well, it wasn't really a conversation. It was, this is what I'm doing. See you later. Like, I have Oh, it was it. all I your decision. To, it was my decision. Yeah. Nice. Okay. It all was right, well. like, if I don't, I gotta, I gotta change something. <laughs> like, you were wise ahead of your years then. Well done. Well, <laughs> uh, yes and no. <laughs> right, so I always love uh, how spouses meet each other. And here's how I always ask the question. Yes. So A, how did you and Steven meet? And B, do you both tell the story the same way? I think that we pretty much agree on the story now. Um, so we met twice. When the first time we met, and this is actually a kind of a really funny story. So Stephen in his previous life was, uh, had owned bookstores. He was a a book guy. And he had two stores here in Raleigh and two stores in Miami. And one of the stores was in my grandmother's neighborhood. And my grandmother would go in and buy books all the time. In Miami or Raleigh? Yes. Your grandmother lived, hang on a sec, your grandmother lived where? Falls River. Okay, gotcha, okay, right. So when I got out of school and I was coming back and looking for, I had come back to Raleigh and was looking for a job and just sort of floundering as most early twenties kids do when they get out of school. Like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I had a, an English degree, English literature degree, which doesn't really qualify you for anything unless you're a published author, right? Like nobody's going to pay you to read, (laughs) which is what I love to do. So, um, so it was tough, you know, so I, she asked Stephen if he could give me a job and he did. So I shelved books in his store for, I don't know, a couple months. And, and he was, you know, I mean, there was nothing between us at that point. He was married and had, you know, a daughter, a young daughter. And there was just a coworker or a boss worker relationship at that point. So then 
a couple years later, maybe four or five years later, I um, was working for the county, the county school system in the department that rents out classrooms. And I don't know if you know this, but Wake County rents out their classrooms and gyms and store sports fields to nonprofit organizations so that they can use them so and they don't have to buy a building. So Girl Scouts and the soccer teams and the churches and all of that fun stuff can use the classrooms when they pay rent. So there's a department that handles that and they have the systems and all of that for all of the 178 schools in Wake County. I had been working there for a while and I said, okay, either this is gonna, you know, come to fruition or I've just got to make a change. So I went to a networking event that I had seen on Facebook and Stephen and I were Facebook friends at that point. So I went to the event thinking, okay, maybe I can find a different opportunity here. And we re-met there and we went out for a walk around Lynn Lake in the morning one morning, which I did not think was a date and he did think was a date. <laughs> And I said, well, you know, that's not a date. Like, that's not a date. Breakfast and a walk around the lake on a Saturday. Like, in my late 20s, it was not a date. In his early 40s, it was a date. So, you know, there was a difference there. So then we, you know, after clearing all that up, was it or wasn't it or was, you know, so we finally went on an actual date where we went to, Roos Chris had um, mixers where they, you know, they'll let their chefs loose. They'll bring on a wine or an, a liquor whiskey consultants and they'll make up five or six drinks and let their chefs make meals matching those drinks. And then it's a big, it's a, you know, private event. You pay whatever you get seated with a whole bunch of other people. And it was a lot of fun. So that was our first real date. And I think nine months after that, we were married. So it would not surprise me that a guy would think that was a date. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, not, not surprised at all. So, and now that you know what you know, it's like, yeah, I guess I could see how you I thought it might. Yeah. But in my late twenties, I was, yeah. you know, I didn't, I, I didn't think. Yeah. It was That's funny. <laughs> I thought we were going to be friends. You know? Yes. Little yeah. Did I know. <laughs> yeah. You were just better friends than you thought. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> uh, I also like uh, how people use Facebook timelines on what they put, moved here, graduated there, this, that, and the other. You had in 2014, you put on there, you quit smoking. I did. Congr congratulations. How did, how did that come about? That was actually right before Stephen and I got married. Um, and I had been a smoker since I was a teenager. I mean, I had started smoking, I think probably when I was 12 or 13. I mean, I was really young, like way too young. And I thought I was cool and sneaky. And, you know, I had older friends who would supply them to me. And I, you know, I was a whole, I was a little rebel. So I had been, you know, by the time I was in my late twenties, had been smoking for 15 years. It was bad. And Steven's not a smoker and is pretty reactive to I mean not just physically like he coughs and it's just can't breathe so if you're gonna date somebody and you're gonna fall in love with somebody who's not a smoker when you are a smoker and they cough every time they get around you it's heartbreaking it's like it's really hard so I just decided to just be done with it and it was hard it was tough but I'd rather get kisses and hugs and not have the person that I'm dating allergic to me essentially <laughs> so. oh yeah no i'm with you on that because at some point in time a a difficult conversation is going to be had one way or the other about that right 
and it was a hard task, but it was not a hard decision. Did, how long did it take you to, to figure out or realize, oh, okay, I'm, I got a hold of this. I, I'm good not smoking anymore. I was initially probably, I fought my, with myself for about a month. Like, can I do this? Am I actually going to be able to do this? Because it's one of the hardest things to stop doing. I have heard, yep. It is, it's really hard. And so it took a deep commitment on my part to just say, I'm done. And then a couple, you know, I mean, the same thing with any addiction. You relapse and you go back and forth and back and forth. And then finally, I had five, it's probably two months later that I was finally like, never again this is you know i don't want one i don't need one i'm good i'm done if steven ever picks on you about decisions you make just go dude i picked you over cigarettes so let's put this one to bed okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just right. every now and again just you cigarette i, I, I know what i'm doing here <laughs> and now the worst part about it is now whenever i'm around somebody who's a smoker or you know, it's, it's the most awful yeah. smell. And I can't believe I smelled like that for 15 years. You get judgy, don't you? I do. do I'm trying really hard not to be all judgy, but God bless. Yeah. I, you know, I'll walk past somebody and go. Oh. Yeah. And that's all it takes. Yeah. If you've never smoked or that bothers you, you know, you can be outside on a windy day and you go, man, just walk by a smoker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or even at the worst too is a car sitting out in the sun yeah. of a smoker. You can smell it outside the car. You're like, oh God. It is that was the one of the toughest times when you were having a drink? Yes. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yes, because they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I'm not a regular drinker, so that was less of a thing. Really, probably the hardest one was when you first wake up in the morning, and I'm not a morning person. So. <laughs> It's like doubly hard. So that was your first move in college too in the morning when you got up, fired one up? Oh, yeah. Wow. You throw on your PJs, you go out the dorm room, you know, outside of the building because I didn't live in a smoking dorm. Yeah. So, which it's they still fun. had in East Carolina in 2002, if you can believe that. <laughs> That's funny. I was amazed. I was yeah. amazed that they were still smoking dorms. So, I just, wow. Yeah. I just hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Because oh, it wasn't different. long after that that they took him out of the restaurants and everything. Yeah. It was, yeah. I think, in oh, five or I don't know. It wasn't. It was not long after that that they said can't smoke anywhere now. I know, I know. Which is, if you don't smoke, you like that. But oh, I'm so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to butcher another one of your. I don't know if this is a side hustle. Sure. I want. I want to call it Behance, but I'm sure that's not right. Behance. So Behance. Yeah. I thought it was a playoff. I thought, okay. <laughs> so it's a, I think it's pronounced Behance. It's a, it's a creative profile site. So on the side, I do a lot. I did, I used to do, be, do much more than I do now. Cause right now I just don't have any time at all, but I sew and I have made all kinds of things like bags and skirts and clothes and housewares and all kinds of fun stuff, costumes and all sorts of stuff. And I had even taken a short apprenticeship with an auto upholsterer and learned how to upholster vehicles. Yeah. Wow. Which I think is super fun. And I would love to be like a Boyd Coddington or something, maybe in my next life. <laughs> my guess is you guys will have another career I think coming so. up here because you, you two just always had, there's always something going on but you're always thinking down the road of, 
you know what? I think this, this might, this one might have potential. Let's keep checking stuff like that out. Yeah. And there's always what's next, right? Yeah. I've got a, I think I've probably a, a laundry list of my next adventure yeah. and it's, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but you know, maybe it's overwintering plants in the mountains for all the vacationers up there. Maybe it's, um, I'd really just like to have several things that I own and don't run because mm -hmm. the running is, you know, what takes all of your time. I'd like to move from runner to owner more. All right, so we get you from ECU to UNCG. Yes. We get you a second meeting with Steven. Mm -hmm. You guys get married. So how does Rockstar connect? He's a book guy. You're a English lit major. A couple mm -hmm. of years difference. I think a couple of kids, 20 pets, a couple of houses, six cities. How do we get to Rockstar Connect? So when Stephen and I met and he was having his networking events and he had already sold the bookstores at that point, um, he had become a real estate agent and had created the networking event to be able to grow his business without, in a different way than traditional real estate agents mm -hmm. usually do it. And when we got together and moved in with each other, he had shoe boxes full of business cards. And I said, what are you doing with these? And he said, well, those are my, those are all my contacts. That's everybody who's come to my events. And I said, and you find them, like, what, if, what happens if you need somebody in one of these like eight shoe boxes? And he's <laughs> like, well, I don't know. I was like, well, okay. So I cataloged them all. And I put them all into a CRM, you know, a dynamic list. And he, I mean, that was, that was the first start is because you've got to have data that's manageable one way or another. And they're like, no matter what you're doing, if it's on paper in a shoebox and it's not searchable and it's not indexable, then how do you know what you have? You know, I mean, you could have a full library of books. If it's not cataloged and searchable, how do you know? You can't memorize the whole, most of us can't memorize the whole thing, right? There will be people who could memorize the whole thing. I'm not one of them, right? So you need a system and you need to have that data organized somehow. So that was step one. Step two was once we had some sort of organization and we had a system to run our own event, people kept approaching us and saying, this is too good. You have to share this. Like this event should be all over the place. And we said, well, how, we can't be all over the place. How are we going to do that? So initially we, um, with, um, a, a lovely lady created a course of 12, uh, I think it was 10 sessions, 12 hours of course material where we took everybody who attended the course from start to finish, how to start your network, grow your network, put on an event, arrange it everything that we could think of. And we had a bunch of people take that course and they said, "Well, this is fantastic. It's full of all the information I absolutely need to do, but I can't do it. And we said, well, why? They said, well, first of all, it's a huge time commitment to be on the organizing side of it. Second of all, if I train somebody how to do it, by the time they got good at doing it, which wouldn't be that long, because this is a lot of information, they could just go do it on their own and make, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to afford to pay them. Okay. So they said, well, can you do this? Like, what about hiring you to do it? And we said, well, will we do it for ourselves? 
let's come up with a system to do it and let's do it. So we started out with um, five, five clients and met with our, our former CEO, Nick Chaffee, who's a fantastic gentleman, also really driven and smart and organized and just knows his stuff. And he was already doing some networking in Raleigh at that time. So Stephen and Nick got together and came up with a plan, somehow time traveled to back to 1997 to get the domain name Rockstar Connect and to be able to register it, which we were amazed at doing in 2016. But we got it. It's our registered trademark. It's our domain. And, and we're holding on to it for dear life. So. <laughs> Where is the best place? So people can go to rockstarconnect.com. Correct. And you guys are in last, I was reading 85 plus markets around the country. Yes. And the ground is swiftly sh tilting underneath us currently because of all of the things that everybody's going through. But our goal is to remain again still in those 85 cities to be able to move forward. But we shall see how everything shakes out after we can get back to some semblance of normalcy after all this. So. So if they go to rockstarconnect.com, they can get a list of events. Yes. Uh, most all of them are virtual. I know a couple went off live the other day. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, but if they go to Rockstar Connect, find out uh, what event to go to, or if they want to kind of open up a market for you, right? Yes. All right. Yes. Our phone number is there. You can call the number. We will be happy to talk to you about hosting your an event in your area or um, you can join any of our virtual events that we have online in the evenings, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, starting at seven Eastern. So they are an hour in the evenings on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday when we have them. And you, when the event goes off flawlessly, you'll know Sarah was behind the scenes uh, making everything happen. So uh, yes. Sarah, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, and the dog is still sleeping? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, we wish you well with everything. People, please go to rockstarconnect.com and we will talk to you next time on our Wired to Change podcast. Thank you, Mike.